Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your hosts and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Thank you, Katie. Welcome to Standing on My Soapbox, everyone. It's your Monday through Friday talk radio show here where we rant, rave, and review all about the day's news, politics, and pop culture stories. It's Tuesday, April 9, 2019. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. With me, as always, my co-host, actor and writer Craig Hurley over in Chicagoland for at least a little more time. Let's go ahead and get talking, guys. 347-989-0126. That's 347-989-0126. Mr. Craig Hurley, how the heck are you? Uh, I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? I am doing nice. It's a nice, sunny day. It is absolutely a nice, sunny day. But what's old is new again. <laughs> we have another bomb cyclone. Are we going to? Yeah, are we, we going to talk, talk about, about it seriously? Are we going to talk about the freaking weather? Really, just right off the bat. Look, I, you know, I, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Actually, that little um, thing that's down south um, right now uh, should be considered uh, like a terracane. Uh, the one that just ripped through um, Texas and uh, Alabama. Um, I, I, that's what I, I would see that one. I'm working yeah, on little that. little tiny little tiny low pressure system that brewed out of nothing. These storms are forming out of midair, and, I, and like it's magic or something. And really, um, if you look where they're forming, which is the Gulf of Mexico, in this in this, um, uh, uh, situation. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it, they, I, I, I would say that they're forming because of the, um, massive amount of damage that we've done to the Gulf. The Gulf is dead because of us, because of oil. And it is, um, and also because of plastics, Dude, there's so many plastics floating around the ocean. It's just absolutely ludicrous or the Gulf of Mexico. Um, uh, but the, uh, the it's completely polluted and and warmed up like we we heated it by polluting it. Um, and, uh, you know, all the fish are dying. Uh, everything's dying down there. Um, so there's a lot of heat added to that area. And that's what a storm. That's what a low pressure system needs is heat and humidity in order to actually get going and to become something. Right. And, yeah, it. It, it like ripped across there and like just just the past day, I've got I've got a couple of pictures that I took off of maps that I look at, um, but uh, uh, I, I could post those. I, I just, you know, a little tiny thing. What cyclone are you talking about? There is a new thing coming over the Midwest right now. Denver is 80 degrees today. Tomorrow it's going to have one to two inches of snow. Uh, Excellent. Minneapolis is 70 degrees yesterday. By Thursday, the city's going to have a full-blown blizzard with 8 to 12 inches of snow, and South Dakota could get up to 30 inches of snow, 
with another little mini blizzard coming through and bomb cyclone through the Midwest. It's uh, Bomba Genesis, I think. Don't drive this week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, especially on the roadways that they haven't had heated concrete in for, oh, I don't know, 60 years. Um, But, yeah, uh, I don't don't know what to tell you. I mean, this is – that's that's one of the – what did I say? It was uh, almost two weeks ago now that I saw five different systems. Well, those systems have already – past us um there's you know i i think that little low pressure system that just ripped across was a fifth uh and that was you know just down south just over the past day and a half or past two days um but uh yeah i i haven't really been looking ahead i i just had a conversation last night with a friend of mine who lives in australia and um he and and we were talking about the the cyclones. I mean, we happen to be talking about the freaking weather as well. Um, but the cyclones <laughs> that there were dual cyclones that hit Australia just like two weeks ago. Um, and and there's you know just some odd things as far as the weather is concerned. It's it's definitely changing. It's definitely getting more severe. Uh, and he and I were talking about that and and. Part of it is that there are areas like Papua New Guinea, which is an island off of Australia, um, and and areas like, that we have as well, like the Gulf of Mexico. Um, also, areas like Area 51. Um, there are certain areas, and I'm not talking conspiracy theory. I'm talking there are certain islands and certain atolls, and that's an atoll, not a never mind. Not our not our current president, uh, but an atoll. <laughs> it's another name for for an island. Um and and there are certain places where we conducted tests of uh, nuclear activity tests um in nineteen forties and nineteen thirties. So all of those areas and then areas that of course we've polluted um, over the past 50, 60 years. I, I still want to know where Woodsy Owl, Owl went. I, I, I still want to know where the mentality went, not necessarily, you know, where Woodsy went and, and half the people out there that are listening are like, who the hell is Woodsy Owl? It, it's a PSA that they, that they put out in the 1970s. Um, uh, yeah, a public service announcement about give a hoot, don't pollute. And it it's just about people, you know, cleaning up after themselves and trying. And, and it really sparked what is now recycling, even though we do that horribly as well. Um, but it, it started things like that. Um, the same with the with the Indian who was going down the Hudson River uh, and, and they had the, uh, a public service announcement in the seventies that had an Indian who was crying, uh, a, a dude that was supposedly a native American Indian, even though he was an Italian actor who looked like a Cherokee Indian. Um, but, uh, they, they, which is, it doesn't matter to me. Um, uh, there's a lot of people who are like, he wasn't even an Indian. And I'm like, that's, you're missing the point. The point is to clean this crap up that you created. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, Hollywood's done that forever. 
Um, people have always been playing parts that uh, they shouldn't necessarily play unless they really look the part. Then, yeah, you know, they should really be playing it um, unless they can't talk the part. But it, this this guy in this commercial didn't even have a speaking didn't didn't say anything. There was I think there was a voiceover and there were some like uh, some words that were you know scribbled on the bottom. So, um, uh, but it was all about pollution. I'm trying to figure out why I went off on this. What were we talking about, dude? Why did I go off on the pollution well, tangent? Uh, because of the cyclones well, we're talking about and the bomb the cyclones. Stuff coming up from the southern, from Gulf of Mexico, and is polluted with plastic. Is kind of yeah. Oh no, I was talking to my friend yesterday from Australia, and he said that they're experiencing some things that they don't normally experience, um, such as. Uh, Currently, it's a, 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 a 11C, which is um, in, in Melbourne, in Melbourne, Australia. An 11C uh, Celsius, uh, it's probably, uh, wow, I, I don't know, 38 maybe. I, 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 I don't know the exact measurements. I'm sure there's some freaking weathermen out there that do, although I doubt it very highly. Please feel free to call me if you have any of this information that I don't necessarily know about the weather um yeah all of you freaking hacks that are on tv right now uh i i got um yeah he he was saying that they're experiencing shit that they don't normally experience like just a couple weeks ago they were experiencing what would be considered like 120 degrees fahrenheit and in in uh, like all across australia just freaking hot as hell and then all of a sudden, they're getting 38 degrees, 40 degrees right in there and a lot of rain. And it's in areas that I'm talking about that are just above Australia or just below us. They, they completely affect, like the Gulf of Mexico, they completely affect the equator. And the equator completely affects our jet stream. It also affects our the heat there. Um, also uh, affects our currents in the ocean, and that's why you'll see different El Nino events that happen on, in the Pacific um, in different types of years, like this last year that we just this last season they had an El Nino. We will get stronger storms from stronger El Ninos. That will happen, and we're seeing it happen right now. There's a really strong El Nino, and we've gotten how many cyclones now over, what, three in the past two, I mean, four weeks? So that went across the United States. So, and now, you know, and then this one, I'm including it. Um, uh, Yeah, uh, you know, we we don't normally get hurricanes like that, or even, I mean, they they call them other things, uh, nor'easters and cyclones, and we don't get hurricanes on land. We, it doesn't happen. And now it's happening. So, you know, I, I think that um, we really have to pay attention to this. Uh, I think scientists are dead on as far as when we are going to exterminate ourselves. Um, there will be an extinction event in the near future, and it will be us. Okay, because believe me, the cockroaches, they'll survive. The, the cockroaches on this planet will more than survive. They've survived millions and millions. They have not changed in easily 50 million years, a cockroach. 
So it's like they've been around forever and will always be around. Why? Because they're extremely resistant. We humans, we're freaking weak. What are we going to do? Hide in a cave from radioactive blasts? No, it's not happening. So, you know, and and even then, if it does, you got to find somebody to mate with. Good luck. They're all dead. So, you know, if we have another extinction event here, most likely it will be us and it will be we caused it. It's not going to be a meteor comes out of the sky and freaking smacks us upside the head. It's not. That's not it. It will be us causing it. And we're well on the way. There's different things that happened in our history. They keep trying to change our history. It's very uh, Orwellian. It's very 1984. Uh, It's very, uh, what's the other uh, animal? Uh, What's the other George Orwell? Uh, Animal Farm. Uh, It's very all of that. Um, Please read these books. Uh, because we're currently living this type of stuff. Um, they're changing the history. There's a lot of history on weather and on pollution and the way it has affected our population. Uh, there's a, uh, in Denora, Pennsylvania in 1948, there was what's called a weather inversion and it was a steel factory. Uh, all they did was build, uh, they had a steel mill. And that's all they did was make steel. And the entire town, like, virtually survived off of the factory. And Pennsylvania. they, in Denora, Pennsylvania. And they had a weather inversion where there, there was, like, no weather like there was no wind and there was no rain and there were no clouds and it got it 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 became very stale in in just right around that i think they're in a valley so right around that little valley it 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 got stagnant like the the atmosphere basically got stagnant for a couple of days before halloween and on halloween had a smog problem because of the factories, because of the pollution from the factory um, that made the entire town sick. The entire town had respiratory problems. And there's pictures and there's all sorts of stuff out there currently that I'm thinking our government's going to get rid of soon. So you you really got to pay attention to these things now while you can. Um they and there's also books that are written about all this stuff, uh, but the the kids were walking around sick with masks on, but the masks were surgical masks because they were trying to breathe in this smog that was created by the factory. And then something like a thousand people died. I don't know the exact number, but everyone got sick. And then the government ordered this guy, the the, the guy that owned the factory, to shut it down. And yes, their their air became much cleaner, uh, literally, uh, literally over frickin night. It's like uh, it, it cleared up pretty damn quick. And these people were still dying and still deathly ill. Uh, it, the entire town was walking around. All of them had respiratory problems. Um, so the pollution that we put into the air can and will affect our weather. That is my point to all of this, coming back around to our uh, bombogenesis cyclone that is currently hitting the United States. There you go. 
Well, a positive note on a little bit of what you were talking about there. I don't know if you saw the article, but there is a new cut because as you were saying, plastic pollution is the most serious issue for the Gulf of Mexico. It has the highest concentration of anywhere in the world of plastics dumped is in the Gulf of Mexico. So that's yeah, that's kind of us. But there's actually a company though that is making these the little plastic six pack rings that are always the trouble. You hear about that all the time. They get in there and they tangle wings of birds and they warp seashells and they do all sorts of really weird things. Yeah, because anyway, they, the the baby turtle, baby turtle or baby bird literally flies into that not knowing what it is or swims into it and then it gets wrapped around them but they continue to grow so then it it becomes part of their body it's freaking disgusting and yeah they make um i know where you're going with this they make seaweed uh or or plant material they could make them out of hemp it would be you know that would be a really good idea too um, except well, not the radioactive out of wheat and barley. So it's actually turtle go. food after a while. Yeah. So they can food. actually yep. eat it now. Yeah. No, that's genius. Wheat and barley instead of the plastic. It yeah. No, like that's genius. But it's actually wheat and barley byproducts compressed into this tough material that you can use for the rings. To What's hold the company? Your cans in or beer cans in. Uh, What's the company, the company name? called, um, uh, saltwater brewery. It's a, a brewery. Saltwater brewery. Everybody needs to it, invest. Everybody needs to invest in that. Rings. Yep. Echo six pack rings actually create the rings. And then saltwater brewery is the first person to use it in their can product for a microbrewery in Delray beach, Florida. So no, we but get let's build a the wall. Country. Let's spend billions of dollars building a wall and taking away children. <laughs> Freaks. I'm so tired of them. Anyway, yeah, uh, instead of investing monies in, in what, you know, in echo freaking uh, 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 packaging, uh, yeah, yep. packaging, period, uh, you know, in cardboard and in plastics, instead of, instead of using echo products, let's go build a wall. <laughs> you guys are freaks. <laughs> Still say he's trying to double down with Miller on this child separation thing. Everyone else is denying it, but they're not denying it as strongly as they were. So I think we're going to see round two of that coming up very shortly. We'll see what happens. Oh, but on a good Uh, note, a man suspected of being a rhino poacher was killed last week by an elephant and his remains were devoured by a pride of lions at a South African park. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? I I so love that shit. Oh, that's exactly what I've been saying. Like the dolphins should turn to all the sharks and say, hey, look, any human you see in the water, if they're in a boat or whatever, just take them out. Just kill them. And that's the exact thing. I hope the elephants are listening to our podcast, dude. They probably are in the middle of South Africa somewhere. Somebody's got the podcast on. Hey, guys, how you doing? Three, four, seven, nine, eight, nine, zero, one, two, six. Elephants, if you can dial the phone, just all you got to do is press send at this point. You don't even need to dial any numbers. So, uh, yeah, three, four, seven, nine, eight, nine, zero, one, two, six. I'm Mr. Elephant or Mrs. Elephant, whatever it is that you are. That is so <laughs> awesome, dude. Because then he's like, yeah, hey, go over there. First thing I did was I checked missing to see if maybe Don Jr. Or Eric were missing. That's the oh, first thing yeah, let's send him over there. Go post. <laughs> hey, please, guys, go, go, go take some more photos, would you? Go poach some rhinos. 
Yeah, it was, I mean, it's sad. You, I mean, it's a sad story. Since 2008, there's been 7,000 rhinos been hunted illegally, uh, 1,000 killed just in 2017 alone, uh, according yeah, to South Africa. Yeah, not last week. So, <laughs> yeah, not last exactly. week. There was one rhino out there at least that was saved. So uh, there you go. Was, uh, Good job, Elephant. Elephant one, human zero. Taking care of their fellow rhinos. I love that. Oh, I think that's so cool. I think that's and so the awesome. And the of lions just decided to eat it all. I think they had it. They yeah, we're going to eat this guy. some jeans left, and that was it. It's like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Lick that meal clean. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the elephant side, and I'm on the lion side on this one, obviously. Go big bull elephant coming at you and just swat you to the ground like the little bug that you are. Dude, so probably just curb stomped them. Probably just curb stomped <laughs> them. Just literally lifted up a foot and went, <laughs> done. <laughs> we we're taking way too much glee in this, but poachers be damned. I disagree. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I disagree. I think there is a perfect amount of glee in this. You know, it's one thing if you are just out and running and living a life, you know, you're out hiking and you get attacked by something that's that's different. If you're if you're defending yourself, like I know this guy in Colorado that was hiking and he got attacked by a mountain lion and. Mountain lion's going to chew you up. Mountain lion's going to puncture you with its, it's going to puncture your skull in about a half a second with its teeth. So you really need, they've got a, a tremendous amount of, of power in their jaws and then in their, in their paws as well. They've got like talons. They don't have like these little nails. They got these freaking talons. They'll rip you to shreds. And he got attacked by one and it did bite down on him and he wrestled it to the ground and choked it out. And killed it by by suffocating it with his with his arm. So there, there are circumstances that. where I'm like where I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, you you have to, you know. I mean, it's like the thing's attacking you. You got to defend yourself, and it is survival of the fittest out there. But in this situation, if dude, if he's out there poaching, and the elephant is like, wait a minute, I've seen guys like you before, or oh wait, I've seen you before, and you took out some of my pride. Oh, uh, you're done. You're done. And and just ran over and just went, <laughs> oh, squish. Hey, lions, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I got a meal for you. Yeah, I, I dude, I think that I, 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 that's awesome. I, I think that that's freaking awesome. Oh, I thought it was great. I love that story. I think you'd get a kick out of that, too. I was hoping you'd see that. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm trying to stifle a laugh right now because while we do our show, I'm always looking for new things and trying to look up things we talk about. And so I have my Twitter open, and I it shows – the trends, I told you the other day, I found out, that's how I found out about that view feud on the trends. Trending right now, the top tra- the top trending thing on Yahoo right now is yacht cocaine prostitutes. <laughs> and it's all about Devin Nunes. And I'm dying, dude. It's just too funny. Yacht I mean, cocaine I prostitutes. Yacht cocaine prostitutes. I mean, I have stuff like Bar Hearing and Steve Nushin and John McCain and all sorts of important things there, but at the very top of the list right now is yacht cocaine prostitutes, all about Devin <laughs> Nunes, who uh, had a connection to a Napa winery. Night. 
it, it was had just one night, cruise. right? It had prostitutes and cocaine. <laughs> it wasn't even a night. It was a day. <laughs> it was a day. Oh, dude, that's freaking hilarious. Oh. oh. <laughs> you see anymore. People are just so funny. You watched the entire thing this morning? I, I hope something like that's true. And uh, by the way, Putin, where the hell is the P tape? Can we please see it already? Can we see this embarrassing yeah. shit? Can we I don't see care it? about the 30,000 emails. Can we see this porn gone bad? Forget that. Who cares about the 30,000 emails? I want to see yeah. the P tape. What? Did, there weren't any. There, there was nothing wrong with what she did. And all of the rest of the, 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 the people that are currently in office, Don Jr. And, and I think it's so funny. I, they all did the same thing. They, they're all doing the, currently the same thing. They're all using emails that are unsecured. Um, currently, or Snapchat. Just, just so y'all know that. Are they using that WhatsApp or something? No, WhatsApp. WhatsApp oh my God, Snapchat. you can you can so hack WhatsApp, and he's using it for like contacting I don't know the Russians and shit. I mean, he's he's using it for contacting all of these. What should be he's given security clearance. This guy's given security clearance. He's contacting all these idiots, and he's doing it on WhatsApp. Are you kidding me? Defense Department, can we do something about that? Hello, hello. We pay you. Well, they already you, tried correct? to deny him that to to deny him the security clearance, and they let him have it anyway. The administration did, which is I think it's hilarious that Eric that Eric nobody ever talks about Eric, nobody, and it's because Eric can do no wrong. He is freaking retarded. So there is no, there is absolutely nothing that he can do. They don't give him security clearance because he really can't handle it. You know, I mean, he wouldn't even be able to memorize those numbers, I don't think. So I, I just, I, you know, I, I think it's hilarious that they never, we never give Eric any shit. I mean, I, I'm not even giving him shit on this show. And I, I, I more or less pity him. I more or less feel sorry for him that he's involved in this and he can't really get out of it. But, and he's not smart enough to get out of it. So I, 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 I don't even know where, where this falls in, you know, with, with, I just I think it's really sad for Eric. I I I, I just pity him that that the, the entire family that the the entire family and the entire United States just is basically ignoring the fact that he's around that he's there. Yeah, I mean I I just don't think they would give him uh, give him the keys to the employee washroom, let alone anything else. He's just not not that high on the totem pole there. But it's, it's so it's, strange it's when thing. all the rest of the family is given some job. Right. That's what dictators well, do, by the way. I've repeated and, that. Him and Don Jr. are supposed to be running the company, so Trump is not making any money off of it, supposedly, right? Isn't that it? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll have Don Jr. and Eric run the company. Yeah, it's all bullshit. That way the president can't be uh, have a conflict of interest of any kind, even though he still owns all of it. So whatever, I'm so over that. That's so old news anymore. It's like, yeah, we all. Yeah, but it can't be. It can't be old. It's got to be something that we keep in in the forefront of conversation. It okay? Yes. Other other presidents have invited in their family members. Let's just talk about the Kennedys. So you know, yes, absolutely. Uh, Nixon. Uh, There have been a number of different people, and I'm sure in the past, if we just look through history if they haven't changed it yet, that the that different presidents had their family members as members of their 
cabinet or their administrative staff. So um, I'm sure it's happened. It just hasn't happened on this scale. And people that are so unqualified for these jobs um, that these jobs are that wait, we we're taxpayers. We we pay for this. And there's a whole bunch of people out there, by the way, a whole bunch of middle class that are pissed the fuck off at this whole new tax plan that you threw at them, dude. They are pissed off, dude. There are a number of people that don't get any more deductions. A number of people out there. And mainly artists. I love how they attack artists on this. Better be careful because we're a mirror image, dude. We're also, we also go against you. We also oppose you. So careful, you know, you may just get, oh, I don't know. Alec Baldwin to stand up there and say some more shit about it. <laughs> right. No, it's uh, it, it's most unprecedented president in history, but it's just not going to change. And he's going to keep doing everything he can. I mean, they're talking now. Just think of all the people that he's replaced and put in his acting positions. Can you imagine anyone else that have all these? I mean, that's te- technically, if you want to talk about it, that's kind of technically a little coup, right? You have none of these people that have been approved through Congress or through the Senate. They're just acting until they supposedly uh, let the Congress vote on them. And yeah, they had that to is change a coup. Those rules that is, to get that is the definition of a coup, by putting people into place that don't belong there and that are only right. yes men and yes women. That's, uh, that's all they do is say yes to whatever it is that the dictator wants. So we've been having this temporary coup for two years now and it just keeps getting more and more and i just the republican party was the law and order party for so long they would never tolerate this for anybody else i I I still want to know how i still want to know how the republican party and they still nobody has answered that question to me how did you all get in my lifetime no less how did you all get from Ronald Reagan, who was one of the greatest presidents ever, correct? That's your opinion, correct? And actually, I feel like he was pretty decent. Um, That's my opinion. Um, But uh, wait, tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev, to build that wall. Please, 347-989-0126. I've put the question out there before. I want to know your answer. How did you get there? Same, same. How did we get for the party that impeached, wanted to impeach their own president, Nixon, to letting this person do no wrong all of a sudden in less than five presidents? Yeah, that too. Think about that for a second. I'm assuming just the 30% is not enough for all of this. It's not even enough to get somebody elected. So the cheating had to be happening. Um, I don't know how many more states have jumped onto the Electoral College thing where the um, popular vote gets the vote in the state. New Mexico Um, just signed on. Okay, so yeah. No, there's there's a number of different states that are all looking at it, and they're all about to sign on. And so we're getting closer and closer to that. It's like 280 um, close to that to where no one will be able to cheat with the electoral college. 
no one will be able to cheat electronically. And it needs to be that way. There you go. All right, we're going to take a little extended break so we, we can get coffee and cigarettes. And I have to go to the restroom. So we're going to play a little Hotel extended. California by our good friend Brandon and James. We'll be back Excellent. in about four and a half minutes here. Give us a call, 347 And my friend, Glenn Fry. There you go. Here we go.
Um, if you'll notice, a lot of reports, a lot when tornadoes come through, a lot of reports like, oh, man, I, I would say 80 percent of the time you're talking about a mobile home park that gets ripped to shreds. So uh, I, I, you know, these it, it just proves it when something like that happens or there's a fire and the fire rips through the mobile home park. And it's like, well, yeah, because that's where the fire ripped through before. We knew that this was going to happen. It just happened 100 years ago and hasn't happened in 100 years. But, oh, look. So, you know, um, yeah, for for this thing, and I know it's not really about that, um, because developers are trying to take advantage of low-income individuals, period, uh, when it comes to those that own mobile home parks. So, um the the mobile homes, uh, their 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 rentals have all gone up dramatically, uh, and because uh, I know that's what the the story is is actually about, and and the um and we we're, these are these are the poorest people in the world, uh, well at least in the United States, they're not necessarily the poorest people in the world, because um, there's a hell of a lot more people that are a hell of a lot more poorer. Uh, some of them actually are sitting at our border wanting their goddamn children back. Can you frickin' Christian, frickin' military assholes, please give the children back to these individuals? Just give them back, dude. Can we abolish ICE already? Anyway, uh, sorry. What was I? What was I rambling about? What was I talking about? You, 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 talking you're talking about, about the motor, mobile homes, yeah. So, what were you gonna say about that story? Well, basically what you were saying, I mean, this, we're talking about the prices on things have gone up. You can afford them because they're very they're very cheap, but all of a sudden there's all of these mobile home parks are being bought by big corporations who are raising these leases on them uh, substantially and making it hardest for the most vulnerable to who bought in a mobile home because they didn't have the credit or the money for a full house, and now they're getting – out of their own living situation. And the only thing that the owners want to do is turn it into something else. They want to clear the whole lot and try to, because real estate is so useful now for high rises or buildings or commercial, and they're trying to kick people out of these places to make other uh, more lucrative rents they can get from other people. So they're raising these rents because there's usually not rent control in these places. Yeah, not rent controlled at all. Um, it's and it's up to the 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 association who owns it um, as to what they're charging. And yeah, it's it's gone up dramatically. The prices have gone up dramatically. And these are the poorest people in the United States. You can't. A lot of these people that live there are on fixed incomes, and they're all old. Oh, that's right. The old are a drain on the economy. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. The old people. Yes. I I really want to talk about um, t- how Tennessee just passed that law. The It has a heartbeat. It, it, you can't get an abortion law. What the hell? Oh, yeah. What the hell? Seriously. I, I, I'm really tired of, of, of oh, God being a part of our legislation. You people are insane. You are insane. Right. Get your God out of my face. Just keep him out of my fucking face. Oh, what? Was that blasphemous right there? Because I swore and I was talking about God? Get, don't listen to me anymore. 
Okay? Stop listening. Turn the channel. Okay, no, you didn't, right? Because you know, get God out of my legislation. It does not belong there. These are what the founding fathers said. And the founding fathers were white racist pukes, okay? They agreed with you on a lot of different things, such as owning slaves. But I don't agree, because this is a free country. We're all created equal, not just the white people, even though it should have said all white slave owners who started the country are created equal and nobody else. That's what the Constitution actually should say. I'm just really tired of this behavior and with the burning of the churches and shit. Really tired of it, dude. Yeah, it's just, it's gotten to such a ridiculous place, obviously. And uh, yeah, uh, I mean, nobody, first they have to take away that anybody wants an abortion. Everyone, everyone that's, that thinks that people who are they're not anti-abortion, they're just there to use an abortion as a tool so they can have all the sex they want. That's such a stupid argument. It's like, come on, really? We're trying to help mothers who have problems with their very very few as far as i understand very very few abortions are used as a form it's not used as a form of birth control very 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 few um and in in those cases where it is being used as a form of birth control more likely than not the baby was going to be born somewhat deformed in some way that is how they are doing it now. It's not a birth control issue. Uh, it is about uh, circumstances, life circumstances, from what I understand. I'm not a woman, uh, so I'd really appreciate it. 347-989-0126. If a woman could call in and talk about this, her right to choose, her right to her own body, I, I, you know, I, I just, it, it would really help. I'm, I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to defend you here. And it's tough because I happen to have a penis. So it's, it's really tough for me to do that. Uh, I can mentally and emotionally and compassionately and genuinely be there for you, but I can't really understand it because I don't have a vagina. So, um, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a couple of people out there. Well, nobody knows me as anyway. <laughs> I'm thinking of some shit that I should not be saying on air. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm not a hermaphrodite, so I don't have both. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, and, and, but I can, I, I can feel for you and I can defend for you, but three, four, seven, nine, eight, nine, zero, one, two, six. Uh, it would help if you were to get on here and speak for yourselves. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, dude. What, what was, what got me onto this? What, what, where, where were we? Sorry. Well, we, were just, we were just going through topics. No, that was, that was part of it. We we're talking about different things. And I think that's just a good the abortion thing in Tennessee. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Right. I, I just, Oh man. I, it just blows my mind. All of this is like, what, who takes care of the kid? That's the other question I have for you Republicans. Who the fuck takes care of the kid after it's born? Who takes care of that crack baby? And it's every single human. I'm calling every single human out there a crack baby right now. Who takes care of that kid when the adults that needed to abort it because it was not going to work in their lives for whatever reason, that, and they have that choice. It is their body. It is their souls. It is their baby, actually. 
Not your baby. Not yours. Get your hands out of my, my female uh, uh, counterparts' vaginas, would you please? I'm really tired. They don't want them there, from what I understand. Oh, you frickin' pussy grabbers. I'm really tired of you people. Get your, get your imaginations out of their bodies. Get your, get your physical hands out of their bodies. Freaking tired of you. Three four seven nine eight nine zero one two six. You want to call anytime, any one of you to defend this, to, to, to come back at me? I'm right here, dude. I'm right freaking here. You got anything to say at that shit? No, you don't. And yeah, I would love to hear Brian, Brian call in about this sometime. I'd like to hear his comments on that. We haven't really discussed that with him yet at all. So that would be kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I, I understand. I can understand that you don't want the people that life is precious going into life, but you got to just understand what life is, what quality of life is, and there's so much more than just um, than the issue at hand, and that anybody has the right to tell anyone else what is right and wrong with their bodies. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. And even if you outlaw, even if you even if you uh, attempt to outlaw uh, and get rid of Roe versus Wade, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, guess what? Abortions will still happen. The only thing is, is that those abortions will then become extremely violent, like they were before. There'll be back alley abortions. You'll have women exactly. like taking all sorts of different poisons in order to get, you know, in order to have a miscarriage. There, there, all sorts of. A really disgusting crap like that happens instead of, you know, let's let's take care of it so that the person who already exists, that already has a life going on and that this baby, for whatever reason, is going to this other being. I can't even call it a baby because it's a freaking bunch of freaking eggs that and sperm that freaking divided. And, and guys, you're nuts if you think it's a full freaking baby at any point even even after it comes out dude you cannot tell sometimes on what that baby is going to be until it's a freaking adult and once again who's taking care of that that person who's who's doing it because it's not the person that wanted to have an abortion so who's taking care of that they're going to foster care oh wait taxpayers wait are those the same taxpayers that you're charging way too much in rent to these are the people that can't pay anything are these the same taxpayers that have to pay more this year because you lied to them, you piece of shit? What is it? Who are they? Who are, who are Well, it's not the rich people that are going to be paying those taxes. It's not the rich people that are going to pay, be paying for that shit because they all are getting tax breaks this year. This last year, true. billionaires, last year, billionaires made more money than ever before in history. Yeah, that's adjusted. That's adjusted, too. That's not just like, of course, everyone's making more money every year, but it's in all no, time. No, 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 no. Ever before in history. Yeah, it, it's it's the West inequality. That's the whole thing. I mean, these tax breaks have helped the wealthy immensely. It has not helped the average person by any means. They're all staying the same. Some have a little no, more average money. average and low income. Yeah, much, getting shafted. Average Americans. Don't aren't getting anything. The poor weren't getting any money back in taxes to begin with. They weren't paying taxes because they were poor. They didn't make any money, so they were getting all their money back already. The rich are getting 
twice of whatever they were getting before. So who does that who does that leave left? That's the middle class. And you there's some there, uh, and there's some it. of the lower of the lower middle class that actually for the first time in in their lives. And I know people that are like 74 years old and for the first time in their life had to pay a huge amount of, in taxes. $1800 uh, this one friend of mine, he's 74 years old, he had to pay $1800 uh, in taxes this year. He has never had to pay I, I don't know more than a, like a hundred bucks. I mean, it, it, it's always in the past. It's been like, you know, I, I, I get it, it, because of all the deductions, they're no longer giving anybody, letting anybody take any deductions. So we're completely screwed. If you're lower middle class, you're completely screwed. You have to pay them. Right. It's been two things. It's been the deductions have been a big part of it. Second thing is they talk about how bad Obamacare was rolled out and everything. But the problem is this was rolled out so poorly that people didn't understand that they were going to be getting more money in their paychecks because the withholding was different. They were still getting the same amount. They just weren't taking the same hey, amount dude, out each week. You it, still owe the same. Call it the Affordable What's Care that? Act. Call it the Affordable yeah. Care Act. I, I, I'm, it, it doesn't have – Obamacare is not its name. That's a name that the Republicans gave it. So call it the Affordable Care Act. It really confuses it. the hell out of I those no dumbasses. I have no problem owning it. I'll own it. I'll own Obamacare yeah, all affordable day long. Care Act. I have no problem owning no, it. No, 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 because it, it really confuses the shit out of them. They're like, uh, Affordable Care Act, isn't that what I have? Well, yeah, dumbass, you do. That's Obamacare, dumbass. So, yeah, right. Affordable Care Act, what's that? I just, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to use the correct verbiage because the verbiage is getting really messed up. There's a lot of double speak out there, and it's created by the GOP. Right. No, that's true. But as far I, I have, I have no shame over those. I can understand that point. I have no shame calling a bomb here because I'm proud of it, and I'm proud that he did it. So I, I think it was a good program overall. I mean, we'd had its flaws, and they tried to fix it. No one would help us fix it at the time. We had eight years that we were. Tr- we had six years we were trying to fix it. Republicans were in charge that, nope, we're not going to fix it. We're just going to repeal and replace it. We're going to vote 69 times in six years to do it. Um, I, we all have health problems. Every single human walking has health problems. And you're going to get them. in the United States, that is, the, that is one of the only places that I believe that and education as well. Um, all of that should be socialized. Uh, those are the only two places that, that I really believe we need to pay attention to socialized, um, because socialized medicine, which they can more than afford to do, um, works in every country that it's ever been, uh, established in. And, um, so does socialized education as far as tuitions and, so there aren't any of those, you know, those bank loans for uh, for the tuitions for these schools that really, dude, 80 percent of the people that, that have graduated from the majority of these colleges over the past 20 years, they're not working in their field. They're, they're not working in right. the field that they that they studied in. So in the United States. So they wasted uh, just a shit ton of money going to college for four years and they're not freaking doing the work in, in what they studied. So, um, you know, they're not working in there, making any money in there. They all had to get other jobs and, and do other things. Um, that's 85% of the people that have graduated over the past 20 years. So, yes, our, our education system definitely needs to be looked at. 
not by De- Betsy Dubois, but but by uh, someone that's actually qualified. <laughs> someone that doesn't yeah, own talk, ten talk, ten oh, yachts. God. She owns ten right. yachts. She owns ten yachts. Yeah, I don't have guys. a problem with that. Meanwhile, can order there's a bunch of homeless people. Stupid. You could be. You can own. And she yachts. has a yacht scheduler. Yeah, she has so many yachts. Yeah. She has a yacht scheduler. I don't, I, I don't care about that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Be, I don't begrudge people that have money. I begrudge people that are stupid and don't know what they're talking about. No, try no, to change no. But she's never gone. Publication in their life. They never step foot She's in never gone school. to a public school. Correct. That's what I was just exactly. going to say. It's all been private. She's she's freaking loaded. Right. So there's no, she's always been loaded. So there, it, what, exactly. you know, how did she qualify to, to do education? She's not. Um, and, I, and there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of teachers that agree with me. That teacher's union's getting oh, yeah. hot under the collar coming up here. They got to stop oh, teaching the children bullshit. Please stop lying to the children. Please, they're smarter than that. Guys, there's no Santa Claus. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to kill you there. Didn't mean to hurt you. Not at all. There's no Santa Claus. You can take me off the air, Scott, right now if you want to. <laughs> they don't teach Santa Claus in school. There's they no Santa Claus. They teach it. I have no problem yeah, with that. Yeah, I don't know. They sure are Merry Christmas gung-ho. They're not Happy Hanukkah gung-ho. And that actually is based in, in reality, Hanukkah. We did both like, in our public school. We celebrated both. I think they do. Okay, we had Easter Hanukkah. and Passover? We never did Passover. We did do Easter, though. <laughs> we never did Passover. You're right on that. What I'm saying is it's mainly, it's, it's mainly Christian holidays besides, and that's not even a holiday, October 31st. That's more pagan. So, and it's not even a holiday. It's just when we all, you know, become hedonists. Um, so we're all allowed to on one day. That's part of the U.S. system. They follow the U.S. Holidays, uh, so yes, yes and no. Um, it's about what's being taught, just as you know the 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 people who came over here and and conquered, like Thanksgiving. Uh, it, you know they 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 came over here and conquered and killed a whole bunch of humans that were already here. They were already here. They had villages. They were already here, and they killed them. All these white people killed them. There was no Thanksgiving. There was no pilgrims and there was no Indians teaching them how to cook and all that. No, no, never happened. So these are part of the things that are that are being taught in our schools. There's supposed to be a, ch- a separation between church and state. So if we're socializing school systems, you have to get rid of all Christianity, all theology, all theology, period. Just get rid of it. It doesn't belong. All right, we're going to tackle education tomorrow. We're going to we're going to uh, finish the show today since we have one minute left on what? on that. Dude, how topic. do we keep talking to a hard stop? I don't know, but we get there. So it was another great day to talk radio, though, guys. I hope you enjoyed. I didn't even get to talking about the twelve million that Motel Six paid for giving ICE information on uh, immigrants. That was kind of exciting. We'll save that for tomorrow. Give us a call. Tomorrow. Yeah, are they paying that? Are they paying that to customers, right? Yeah, they're paying it in class action suit. Correct. We'll talk about Wow. Wow. Nice job, Motel right, dude. Thanks for calling, <laughs> man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, Bye-bye, sir. Bye, everybody. Peace. Tune in tomorrow, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
When the lights are low, let the music flow, turn it up. Now come a little closer, I can't get enough. Now it's time to play, let your body sway to the rhythm. Let the Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton.
everybody. We are back. That is Steve Grant with Disciple. Steve's going to be on in just a couple months. He's getting ready for his Provincetown uh, journey again this summer. So we try to have him on every year as he's heading to Provincetown. But speaking of fantastic singer-songwriters, guys, my first guest came to my attention. I'm sure he did to a lot of you as well with the arrival of his amazing music video, Dancing in My Living Room. It served kind of as his national coming out of sorts, and he's been so charming ever since. He has wonderful music. The social media is filled with gratitude and heartfelt thoughts, and he's just another strong and proud voice in our LGBTQ community. He's actually damn good looking as well and has been an added bonus to it, so it's always fun to talk to those people. I know you guys like to follow these handsome men. I'm excited to learn more about his story and what lies ahead in this fantastic career ahead of him. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. Cameron Hawthorne. Catherine, Cameron, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks, Scott, for that awesome intro. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, like I said, I have I really came to know you when you did your video. I'm not a huge country fan. I kind of listened to it when people pointed out to me, and so uh, you were pointed out to me, and man, good stuff, my friend. Congratulations on the hit of the video. That's got to be pretty satisfying for you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it has been really exciting. Um, I am honestly just so touched by all the the positive messages and comments and all that good stuff. It's been really great. That's great. And like I said, your social media shows that. I think you actually you show a lot of gratitude for it, and you're very humbled by it. And it's really great to see someone who gets uh, gets their dreams. You're going after your dreams for music. You're getting some recognition, but you're staying humble as well. So I love that. But let's start at the very beginning. I always like uh, for my listeners to get to know someone a little bit since it's your first time on here. Do me a favor. Tell me where you grew up. What kind of a kid were you? And what do you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm originally from Kansas. Um, grew up in Kansas. And, oh, man, the type of kid I was. I was a goody-good, total goody-good uh-huh. kid. Um, straight-A student, you know, never broke a rule. Um, like a little perfectionist, you know, um, and yeah, what what was the last part of that question? What do you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Oh, uh, what did I? Did you always... I always used to say I wanted to be um I wanted to be like Jonathan Taylor Thomas in Lion King. I wanted right. to be like a voiceover actor. <laughs> I love that. That is very cool. Yep. And you grew up, um, that was kind of your first love of being in the entertainment industry, right? You kind of wanted to be either behind or in front of the camera at first? Yeah, yeah, I grew up, you know, always performing and singing and acting and all that, just, you know, in my small town. <laughs> but um, but I loved it. And, um, yeah, actually, I grew up, like, loving musicals and um and and country music as well, you know. That's those were like two of my loves, like growing up, and it was just all around me. And yeah, definitely. Nice. Well, we actually—I don't know if you even realize this yet or not—but we have kind of a reunion 
sort of, not really at sorts today, though. But coming up in just a few minutes on my second interview, I'm interviewing someone you actually went to school with. So how coincidental! I know. We just I am Sam and I just figured this out. That's hilarious. Isn't that funny? It's cool. Sam is going to be one of the newest hosts on my uh, radio, the Left of Straight Radio Network. And uh, I put the promo together and told her that you were coming on. She says, wait a second. We went through orientation with our parents together. I know him. We were at school together. How cool is that? Such a small world. It's so funny. Uh, So you you went out to USC to go to, did you go to the film school part or you go for the acting to stagecraft part? What did you do at USC? Yeah, I went to school for acting, um, school of theater at USC, and I was a double major in communication. So I think I want to say that Sam was also in um, the school of theater, and then, but maybe also in I don't know. I'm interested to know what she ended up finishing with. But yeah, we were we were totally like going into little freshmen together at USC. There you go, and now you're both living that dream. You made it to music, and she is doing all of her great. Acted after Buzz there and has her own radio show now. Um, talk about the pull of theater and acting versus music. What ended up pulling you over to the music side? Well, like I said, I've always been a singer, and um, I was in choirs and musical theater growing up. Um, and I really started. Uh, I, I I played piano from a young age. Um, started writing in high school and. And then I decided I want to go to school for acting, come out to L.A. and try um, doing film and TV. And I got out here and started doing it in school, and I liked it, but I was always writing and and songwriting and and singing throughout that process. And I realized that that was really my true passion. And so um, my senior year of college, I got an internship at Warner Brothers Records, and I was just working for the A&R and marketing, just trying to learn about the industry because I knew nothing. And um, it was actually in that internship when someone said to me, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I, I'm an artist. I want to be, you know, I want to do music. And, and um, this, this gal was like, if you want to be an artist, don't work here. Don't work in the industry. Like, go be an artist. <laughs> And that was one of my biggest, I think, learning lessons of um, of just really, like, chasing after the dream. But, yeah, it kind of went from acting to music, and, and then I just dove in head first. That's great advice, too. I love that. Just do what you want to do. Don't learn about it. Do it. I like that. Learn as you go. Mm. You don't want to work in the industry if you can if you can be part of it. That's fantastic. Uh, let's talk yeah. about this video for a second. I mean – it wasn't really the first time you came out publicly, even though kind of everyone's telling that you've actually came out in an Instagram post. Talk about what was more scary for you the first time saying it out loud on paper in an Instagram post or doing it in your work in the music video. Oh, that's a good question. I would say definitely the Instagram post was the scariest, uh, the scarier of the two. I was out to my family and friends. Um, I had been for a little bit. And then I just felt like as an artist, I really wanted to put myself out there and I was going to actually wait for the music video and let that be kind of the, the, I guess, announcement. And then 
I saw these two movies um, that are in that post. I saw um, Bohemian Rhapsody or um, Boy Race first, and then I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, and I, I just, I couldn't hold back. After be- I was so inspired after seeing both of these, I was like, okay, this has got to be it. So, <laughs> right. um, but pressing post, pressing post on that was um, pretty nerve wracking. I bet. And then, were you dating at the time? Were you, were you with your boyfriend at the time? Um, no, I actually no. I ended. Uh, I my the 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 guy I wrote Dancing in the Living Room for. We ended up um, breaking up like kind of right, kind of right before that. Um, so okay. So no. Because I can imagine that'd be just as scary for anyone that dates you, though, as well. Because once you become like a public figure, that's got to be scary for both of you. That had to be an interesting experience for both. I could understand that would be a tough, tough part of being in a relationship to begin with. But having that having uh, that happen, I can understand it being a little crazy. Uh, well, he was always so supportive of me. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it was yeah. it was always very positive. Yeah. And talk about um, the country music genre. Uh, it's getting a lot more um, accepting, it seems, of openly gay artists from what I can see. Of course, we've had Ty Herndon and Shelley Wright and uh, Casey Musgraves has been an amazing ally. Um, Brandon Sansell, we talked about off-air, he actually got in CMT. What are you feeling as an artist in it? Are you feeling a shift kind of coming around, or is it still um, tough, do you think, to be an out artist in the country sphere? I mean, I I do. I have a lot of hope for where country music is going. Um, and sorry, I had a, another call bump buzzing in. I don't know if that was like took my answer out there, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I do have a lot of hope for where where the country music industry is heading. And um, I mean, look, it's 2019. I feel like. Right. In all areas of music, there are artists who are out, and you know why? Why should country music be any different? I think. Agreed. I think that's so important. You, it, it's just hard for people that are outside the industry too, because you have such great artists. You have people now um, like Blake Shelton on The Voice, and you have uh, Luke Bryant on that, and they're very accepting. You have a lot of gay uh, people that go through those competition shows. But then you have to get back to the A&R department and, and the actual suits, and you would hope that the artists are kind of changing the suits around because I'm sure the suits um, call the shots for so long. But if you have so many outstanding artists out there and the support, it's got to help everyone all the way around, I would think, right? I think so too, yeah. I think it does start with, with um honestly with the listeners and like the fans like being supportive um like on both sides on the lgbt side on um like lgbt allies side like i think just to have that support of an lgbt artist is everything and i think that is what's going to be changing or that that's that's literally what the industry i think is going to look towards that's true, and we and we have to get that. We have to get our community, not just our community, but we need to get our allies to go out and buy this music. And it's so hard anymore being so 
segmented because I used to have an album come out and everyone would get the album and the thing goes, and now everything's Spotify this and streaming that. It's really hard to get a, a consensus of a group to buy some music, isn't it? So it's harder to kind of get that initial hit that everyone wants to get. I mean, yeah. I mean, the music industry has obviously changed so much with Spotify and um, Apple Music and all that. And um, yeah, I think honestly, I just think it's about sharing, sharing good music, sharing stuff that really touches you. And I think when that happens, it just kind of happens organically, you know. Hopefully, that's, right, the, right. that's the hope. And and do you um, do you kind of What's your writing process when you come to songs? Are you at, um, does it take your time? What's the quickest song that ever came to you? And what, what one you've struggled with maybe for a while? Does song writing come quick to you? You know, um, I obsess over a song when I'm in the beginning of the process. So <laughs> I'll come right. up with a, like maybe, it, and it's different for me every time. Sometimes it's a melody. Sometimes it's a lyric idea. But um, when I sit down at the piano or the guitar to write, it I literally can't stop thinking about it. And I won't, like, I'm in the shower thinking about it. I'm driving thinking about it. Uh, I'm laying in bed before I get, just, like, constantly thinking <laughs> until I have a finished, a somewhat of a finished um, song, like, all the way through. And then I let that kind of digest over the next, like, couple weeks or whatever and come back to it, relook at it. Um, Dancing in the living room, I, I remember that kind of being a quickly a quick process. I mean, it's sort of hard to remember now looking back on it, but I it just seemed like it was very organic in the way I – I mean, it's, it's literally – I'm singing about, you know, my boyfriend at the time and I dancing in the living room. Like, it's not – you know, it's not right. like rocket science, really, but um, <laughs> it was just very organic. I love that. Let's go ahead and play that song. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk a lot more about it and all the other exciting things that are happening in your life here and where we can find you. This is Cameron Hawthorne. It's a breakout single, we could call it, Dancing in the Living Room. You're listening to the Left of Straight Show right here on Left of Straight Radio. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with Cameron Hawthorne. Yeah, I got you in my arms 
guys we are back we are talking with the singer songwriter of that song mr cameron hawthorne cameron such a great video how much did you have to do with uh, the video part of it besides just the song and the singing was that your concept um i love the different couples and everything in it it was just amazing oh thank you um yeah it, it was my concept um and i dreamt of making this video i, I really wanted it to be you know, featuring different couples and representing, you know, different types of couples and and then kind of being me coming home to dance with my partner at the end. So, yeah, it was all all my concept. And I worked with uh, another great artist named Kelsey Carter, um, and she's a really good friend of mine. And um, we uh, co-directed, and it was an awesome time. And you always hope something like that's going to go a little viral or catch on, but I mean, it just, it's taken off like such a shot. What has been the best part about it? What's been kind of the scariest or worst part about it? Well, the best part about it has definitely been getting to connect with um, people who have been, you know, touched by the video, all the messages and um, somebody messaged me the other day. I mean, I get, it's just crazy. The messages I get, it's so overwhelmingly positive, but somebody um, messaged me the other day and was telling me that they used the song to come out to their country loving, somewhat conservative friend. And 
like that was pretty amazing to they they basically shared the song and said like look at I guess look at this guy he's he's you know country and he's gay and and so it was it's, this is a girl actually she came out to her friend and um I love I mean oh my gosh to know that that is happening is pretty unbelievable so that's definitely I'm the bad. best part that's is awesome. connecting and getting those kind of messages and hearing about that um I mean, God, I don't even know if I can think of like a, the scariest or worst part. I don't know if there there is one. I think I'm just so excited about what's to come. Um, it's really opening a lot of doors and pushing me forward, and I'm pretty pumped about new music coming soon. Yay, I love that. And has it inspired you to write even more, or is it, have you always had – have you always been writing? I mean, are you the kind of person that you just think of a lyric or a hook and you write it down and then you said you obsess about it a bit, but are, are even now that you have all this creativity flowing around you and all these great vibes around you has even opened up your creativity even more? It definitely, it definitely has. I've, I mean, I was writing, I was ha- like, I had, you know, songs ready to, um, you know, record and I wasn't sure what was going to be next, but of course this has been really, inspiring to get into the studio and um figure out what's next but yeah that's great and then talk about these inspiring stories you're actually put together kind of a challenge you're asking people to do their own little dancing living room videos talk about that a second yeah i just i mean i had this idea of um i think actually a fan a fan did I, i shouldn't take credit for that a fan um wrote on uh, commented on one of my posts and said um we should do this dancing living room challenge and have couples dance um and you know submit their videos so i put that challenge out there and we'll see uh what comes have you gotten any back yet yeah definitely yeah i've gotten a few um so i'm gonna i'm gonna i I think i'm gonna be doing a live social media soon uh, on live on instagram and facebook and to be pushing that more um so yeah be looking for that oh that would be very very cool now talk about um what's on your playlist right now what are you listening to what keeps you inspired what kind of music keeps you inspired well i'm loving i'm really inspired by music like just the classics and the um kind of the legendary singer songwriters of music um so i've been listening to a lot of Elvis and um, James Taylor and the Everly Brothers, just stuff from like the 50s and um, 40s even. And uh, I love like that classic country stuff, Johnny Cash. Um, nice. So I've been listening to a lot of that. And, and I, you know, I, I also love current stuff. I love the radio. I love, I just went to see Brett Young. Um, you know, you said you're not a big fan of country music, so you probably don't know who this is, but um, Brett Young is a really amazing country artist, actually originally from Southern California and um, now more of a Nashville guy, but went to his show the other night and was really inspired by that and um, music that he's been putting out. And yeah, so Very music cool. of today and then. Talk about that part a little bit. You're an LA guy now. Um, what's the LA country scene like as opposed to going to Nashville or something like that? Do you still 
Uh, can you still feel inspired in L.A. being a country artist? Is there a lot of fun little honky-tonks, or do you have to drive forever to find something? Or what's the scene like in L.A. for a country artist to perform live at? Yeah, there's a couple different country bars around the area. Um, I mean, not not a ton in L.A., but, like, right outside of L.A. Um, gotcha. And then, um, of course, there's uh, Flaming Saddles in West Hollywood, which is a great <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. country bar, country-themed <laughs> bar. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, nothing beats Nashville. I'm actually heading there next week, so – um Terrific. yeah nothing beats it that's the that's the country music capital there you go i love that that's fantastic and uh talk about um what's going to be coming up next we're hoping to do a couple pride festivals do you have any gigs lined up where people can actually see you perform lined up yet or is that all in the works still yeah it's in the works so stay tuned like you can follow me on you know instagram and all those good things, Twitter, Facebook, um, and I'll be posting about that real soon. Nice. And you do have such a very cool and inspirational social media. How has that kind of felt after blowing up like this? Because it just becomes such exponentially big. What is social media like for you? Is it, is it fun for you? Has it become more of a work now? Are you still able to enjoy it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I love, it's so much fun. It's, I think it's even more fun now that, um, that I have, you know, people looking forward to the next song and, um, you know, the new music and, oh my gosh, it's been so much fun connecting with people and all that good stuff. I mean, social media, I think can be a little, can kind of take over your life sometimes so I try and not you know give it too much but um of course it's like just so much that I mean it's the way to to connect with people nowadays so I love that there you go there you go very cool all right well I know you got to get back you're in the middle of a songwriting session today I appreciate you taking your time just for anyone living under a rock give them what your social media is so they can find you um real quick and your website yeah, well, the website would be CameronHawthorne.com, um, and my Instagram is it's Cameron Hawthorne without the vowels. So that'd be C M R N H W T H R N, and that's my handle. I think you have all the links so on Instagram. your website too, don't you? I think you yeah, have all the links yeah, you can to your social media website. website and click easy. on it all there. Yep. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the Left of Straight today. I want to play out with Mama's Love. Talk to me about that song a little bit, how that came about. We'll play out with that in just a couple minutes here. Well, I'm real close with my mom, um, and so I wrote this song for her. Um, and, yeah, it's just about my mama. Nice. I love it. Well, Cameron Hawthorne, thanks for being on the Left of Straight show. I wish you all the success in the world. Keep being humble. Keep making great music. And thanks for being on the show today, my friend. Thank you so much, Scott. Appreciate it. All right. Stay on the line for me, guys. We'll be back in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to play out, like I said, with Cameron Hawthorne, Mama's Love. Uh, great music here today on the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network.
lovers in the night Hiding in my closet They were gonna steal me away But she wrapped me in her arms Sang a lullaby Told me I was safe and sound Forever and always And always right Always well in the world It's a rock baby It's a kiss on the cheek It's a tuck you in lay When you can't fall asleep It'll stop all the crying It'll end all the fuss Only mama's love Cameron Hawthorne with Mama's Love. 
Big thank you to Cameron for coming on today. He is right in the middle of doing some new songwriting, so we took him out of the studio today, so we had to cut it a little short. So we're going to play one more song. Then when we come back, we're going to bring on our three newest hosts here at Left of Straight Radio, uh, the fantastic Samantha Davidson and Aaron LaFaro, who tomorrow night will be premiering Astro Kiki Radio combining astrology, pop culture, and just a dash of celebrity. It's going to be have a good time by all. Let's do a little electronica music here. This is our buddy Adam Davenport with my return address is you. And when we come back, we'll be talking to the host of Astro Kiki Radio. This is Left of Straight Show right here on Left of Straight Radio Network.
friends, I'm excited to introduce the three newest members of the Left of Straight Radio family. Together they are launching Astro Kiki Radio right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. It's going to be happening tomorrow night and be heard live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, where they'll guide you through astrology, living your best life, and adding just a dash of pop culture and celebrity to round it all out. Astrologer Kyle Thomas has been a great friend of the Left of Straight show and is both an astrologist and a film and television maker. And his co-hosts, Samantha Davison and Aaron LaFaro, are making their first appearance here today and adding such great work to Astro Kiki. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. Kyle Thomas, Ms. Samantha Davison, and Mr. Aaron LaFaro. Welcome, guys. How are we doing today? Hi, we're great. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. You are very welcome. I'm so excited to get you guys on the radio station. We've been talking about this for a while. You guys are experts in each of your chosen fields. We're going to have a good time. Are you guys excited for your uh, first show tomorrow? We are. So excited. Can't wait. Absolutely. And we're, we're really pumped to have Lindsay McKeon as our guest. She is a famous actress and producer and a good friend of mine. I absolutely adore her. So it's uh, a great way to kick off everything with our team and with her because she's got some extremely exciting things to come uh, in the next coming year for her as well. That's exciting. We're going to talk all about the show in just a little bit, but let's start with a little background on each of you. Uh, Kyle, you've been on the show before, but remind my listeners a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? Talk about um, what you wanted to be when you grew up. How did you get into this entertainment and astrology field? Well, I have been involved in entertainment pretty much m- most of my life originally. I, I mean, I started drawing and writing as soon as I could pick up a, a pen or a crayon or whatever it was back then. And uh, it's been really interesting to see how my career has evolved. Um, I've always been, you know, artistically inclined and, and, and very focused on connecting with people and, and also looking at you know, the, the, the many things we do not understand about the world that, that lies beyond, whether that through, be through spirituality or, you know, religion or astrology or anything of that nature. And so it basically, you know, I, I lived, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin originally, and then I moved to Chicago, uh, where I spent a, a significant amount of time as well. And, you know, with being a writer and a director and producer, I, I've always had a project that seemed to connect to uh, a, a world that was a little fantastic in some way. And basically, you know, I, I've always been fascinated by connecting these, these two areas of my career. And so, you know, I've, I've been doing tarot and, and astrology for over a decade now. And it's been exciting to see how, you know, I am not only pushing, you know, television properties and poetry and pop singles and all of these kinds of things, but also been expanding as an astrologer um, at, at a pretty significant and, and rapid rate, uh, which is a blessing to me. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity. And, you know, being involved in media, I feel like I've always been, you know, hungry to uh, expand my voice and, and also listen to other people and start conversation about, you know, different things, whether that be, you know, the way that technology is affecting our relationships. You know, I've been focusing a lot of that in my television and filmmaking. Um, 
but also, you know, on a, a grander scheme of things that in, in the realm of, you know, the planets and, and how they're moving and affecting us on, you know, a massive scale, but also on a very individualistic and personal level as well. So, you know, I've been, you know, doing readings for, you know, publications and celebrities and, you know, really expanding uh, my knowledge and, and, and insight into, um, and, and it's been quite an exciting journey, and I'm, I'm really honored to launch this with you and also for the many things that are about to happen, which I still cannot uh, talk about until I have in contract, which will I, I should be announcing fairly soon. <laughs> Very nice. Congratulations on that. And Samantha Davidson, yours is uh, amazing to me. You're my spirit animal because you were the entertainment guru, as I love. You also have a connection where you were came from the Cleveland area here, and I'm right out in northeast Ohio myself, not too far outside of Youngstown. Give us a bit about your background. Yeah, I know. That's such a coincidence. So I'm originally from the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio, have always been obsessed with all things Hollywood, celebrity. I always wanted to be in Los Angeles. Um, and when I was 18, I got into my dream college, the University of Southern California, and I was out of there very fast. Um, I've been in L.A. ever since. During my time in college, I was a theater major and a journalism major. And so through that, I interned, and then after college, I was a Hollywood assistant for a long time in that world, and I just kind of lost my creativity with doing all this work, and it was very not appreciated job, and, you know, when I was doing that, the Me Too movement had not started yet, and I saw some really, you know, messed up things that made me not want to be in the world of at least corporate Hollywood, and so... Then I kind of fell into doing stand-up comedy towards the end of when I was an assistant, and I was like, this is awesome. I miss performing. I miss doing all of these things and being creative. So I left my assistant job and really tried to pursue more of writing, being on stage, being an on-air host, which is something that I never even knew existed or was something that I would be good at. Um, so. I fell into that as well and started working for a place called After Buzz TV. And now I work for a company called MEA Worldwide, and they're based internationally. I'm their L.A. girl, and every week, almost every day, I'm covering some of the biggest red carpets in Hollywood or I'm doing in-studio interviews. And this past year for me has just been really transformative. All of my hard work uh, that I've put in has finally seemed to pay off, and I've also always really been obsessed with the metaphysical world, whether that's psychics, mediums, crystals, astrology, and I have always wanted to honestly do a podcast about those things, but it's not exactly my expertise, Hollywood is. But with this show, I get to kind of combine everything, and I couldn't be more excited about it. That is very cool. And Aaron LaFaro, you are a guy that's into a lot of interest yourself. Not only are you a fantastic artist, but you're also doing this astro coaching as well. Talk about your background and what brought those two um, things together in your life. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm originally from the suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, I moved around a lot as a, as a kid, and I, I visited uh, Los Angeles when I was tw uh, 11, and I was on Hollywood Boulevard, and I said, I'm going to live here one day. 
and now I live I live down here on, on Hollywood Boulevard right by Fairfax and we uh, I started our, I, my, one of my earliest memories was in kindergarten and drawing and painting and and, and the teacher told my mom that I had a very um, advanced uh, uh, use of color um, and color is actually where I specialize in now. I went I went to college out here in Los Angeles um, at Otis College of Art and Design, where I studied illustration and graphic design with the intent originally of going into animation. Um, but after college, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I just kind of want to like float float around and and figure out where I truly feel called to go. And and uh, I've I've had a life coach for for over over ten years, and uh, it's something that I something woke up in me of like, oh, I really want to help people. I really want to, you know, help people live a better, more authentic life like I, I've experienced. And um, with, with the astrology, I, I saw a natural correlation since, you know, astrology is a, is a great tool of self-awareness. And I started to marry the two together. And, and with my clients, we, we, we work, you know, on what is unique and, and specific to them so that they know that they can create the life that they want and not have to worry about what others are thinking or, or feeling about it. And especially when, when they have the awareness of, Oh, I'm, I'm this energy. I'm this, whatever I, I can, uh, they can, they can go about that way. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, in a, I, I mostly do uh, fine art abstract paintings right now. And, um, but yeah, everything's going good. Very cool. And Kyle, most people think of astrology as like a little column in their newspaper, a little blurb every uh, day, but there's so much more than that with the planets and the stars and everything. Talk about the science behind the astrology and what it takes and in, goes into reading someone's chart or something like that. Well, I think the most important thing, uh, at least that I focus on, is the ascendant, which is the rising sign, and the sun sign. So in order to really look at someone's you know, natal chart, which is the map of the stars at the exact minute of their birth, you know, we can better look at different transits and different patterns that are happening in their lives in order to take more control of, you know, important decision-making. And one thing I always kind of, like, chuckle at is, you know, I, I used to read that, like, the ancient royalty and kings and queens would always have an astrologer on staff because they would help know when there were, you know, uh, openings in time that were better to take certain actions. So like to go to war or to, right. you know, sign a deal or to fall in love. And, and so that's one of the things that I have been really, you know, mapping in my own life by looking at my own charts. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm an Aries rising. So that's my ascendant. I'm very fiery. I'm outgoing. I'm loud. I'm, I'm, I'm intense, but I'm also a Taurus sun. So I'm very, I'm, I persevere no matter what. I can be stubborn, but I do, you know, care very much for the people around me. I, I'm a rock. You know, I want to be someone that can lift people higher. And, and those kinds of things in my chart, I look at in, in, and see, you know, how different dates and different planets are moving in order to achieve as much success in every area of my life. And one thing that I've been trying to teach people with, with astrology is that, you know, imagine your life as a garden and you have different plots of land that you want to plant things. So, you know, you want one area of your life, so maybe it's money, you know, there's a certain time to focus on that. And then there's a time to focus on love because 
if you're chasing love when the energy is telling you to focus on money, you're not going to be successful in your endeavors. And so, you know, mm, again, I, it, it is, yeah, it, it, it's geometry and looking at the wheel. And it's so funny because I actually have dreams about this where I'm watching the wheel of the entire, um, the, 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 the cosmos shift around me. And it's like very bizarre, but like it, it, it's cool because I have the dream all the time. And, and it's, I, I visualize it whenever I'm talking to people or whenever I'm looking at their chart and, and I'm seeing how, you know, there's these, these pockets in time where you can have, you know, the abundance come into your life. And, and that's what I hope for everyone. Nice. I love that. And then Samantha talking pop culture. I mean, you and I interview people here for a living for pop culture and it's fun to get their background and interesting parts of, of their life and how they've come to be where they are. But it's going to have to be kind of fun to see what the stars have in form that they don't even know about yet. Talk about that juxtaposition and talk about what's been one of your favorite interviews just as a fangirl. Yeah, I mean, I think celebrities absolutely are very interested in this kind of stuff because everyone likes to know about themselves and talk about themselves, but especially celebrities. And so that's their job. Um, I have had some really amazing interviews with people. I've also had some interviews that are very disappointing. Um, Working on a red carpet is a lot less glamorous um, than people think it is. I'm usually literally behind a barricade between me and the celebrity as though they're like the queen. Um, And, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) – and, you know, you're squished and – more, I'm the kind of person I always like to see the best in people. I'm extremely gullible, too. So if I see someone is a certain way publicly, I always think, oh, then they must be that way. They must be so sweet and funny. However, sometimes when you meet these celebrities on the carpet, more often than not, um, it's a little bit disappointing, and they're not nearly as nice as you thought. But I had my personal favorite interview red carpet experience ever just last week um, interviewing Drew Barrymore for the third season of Netflix's show Santa Clarita Diet and I was afraid I wasn't even yeah I was just afraid I wasn't even going to be able to talk to her and I did and she was lovely kind just beautiful the most amazing energy and it was really funny we were talking about zombies because that's what the show is about and she's a zombie and she talked about how she would love to be a zombie in real life, and she would eat everyone. And she said, I even eat you. And it was one of them, and she goes, oh, that was awkward. I didn't mean it that way. Um, sorry. And I was like, no, it's great. You can at any time. Um, so it, it was, that was so much fun. Um, there's amazing moments like that. And, uh, yeah, I just I love being a part of it. And I think what we're doing here is something really fun and unique that lovers of pop culture and just of astrology will really enjoy. Erin, talk about the astro coaching a bit. I mean, you're really trying to help someone uh, live their best life. How, it's got to be kind of exciting when you see those, what do they, what do the Oprah say, the aha moments happen. Talk about what yeah. you do to help guide these people and the, the joy in seeing people kind of learning to open up to themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that's, that's where the passion lies. Um, seeing people have that realization of, oh wow, like, wait, it was so it was so obvious. How did I never see this before? 
Um, and so, yeah, so basically it's, it's astrology with life coaching principles and, um, I've been focusing mostly on, on getting people, especially sort of like millennial age group, um, into like early, like thirties, early to mid thirties, people living more authentically within their passion. So, you know, getting them out of this conditioned belief that they have to live and and create their life in a specific way, um, and, and re and reshaping their mindset and, 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 and all of their principles so that they can confidently make, make changes and moves and, and transform their life. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of on a case to case basis, but I mean, it's it just sort of, we, we, we discuss their, their native energy for, based on their, their astrology chart and what they, what they are sort of either feeling they're, they're feeling guided to do, or if they're feeling like something has to change, but they don't know what it is. We work. I work on all different levels of, of where people are at in, in their current state of, of consciousness and awareness. Fantastic. So cool. Guys, I can't wait to hear this show. It's going to be some amazing stuff. I want to talk all about it when we come back from break here. We're going to take a quick break, um, play a little bit of our uh, buddy Jay Knight, Living for the Memories. When we come back, we're going to find out all about brand new shows here on Lefty Straight Radio, Astro Kiki Radio. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to the Left to Straight Show right here on Left to Straight Radio Network. Second that will stand the test of time. Waiting for a moment that already passed you by. Don't you want to know what you've been missing? What you've been missing? Second that will stand the test of time. Waiting for a moment that already passed you by. Don't you want to know what you've been missing? What you've been Anything is easy. 
And we are back. That was our good friend, Jay Knight. Guys, we're talking today with the host of Astro Kiki Radio, a brand new show here on Left of Straight Radio, starting tomorrow night, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern Time. We're here with Kyle Thomas, Samantha Davidson, and Aaron LaFaro. Kyle, how did you guys meet, and what brought this uh, happy group of co-hosts together? Well, basically, um, I've known both of these wonderful individuals for the last couple of years. Um, like I said, that I, I moved to Los Angeles in uh, September of 2015. Um, but then I actually I connected with both of them roughly about the same time, like, like spring of 2016. Yeah, like spring of 2016, wow. and then fall of 2016 for Samantha because I moved into the same building as her. Um, and over the last several years, I started basically thinking about how I wanted to have some sort of episodic content that had to do with astrology and, um, you know, just kind of this, this realm of the world. And so I'd been kind of looking at different um, outlets for it, you know, as a producer and writer and director, you know, I've kind of, you know, thought about, you know, doing this as like a YouTube channel or, you know, whatever it be. And I've been on, I've, it's been a wonderful honor to be on your network uh, for several different uh, episodes of things. And, you know, I've always really enjoyed podcasting quite a bit. And it was really exciting to, you know, discuss with you about the opportunity to do this because, you know, Sam and I, we always have, you know, a great, you know, witty banter. And we both have a lot of, you know, very similar interests. And Aaron, actually, we've been talking about making the sh- a show together um, called Astro Kiki for about a year, I think. Yeah, I think this is like August. Right, or yeah. yeah, like six months, something like that. And we've just been like throwing the idea around of what that would look like. And then it would just seem to be a natural fit that as soon as you and I connected, we were able to kind of pull everything together and synthesize it and make it into something that, you know, hopefully the world will really enjoy and love. That is awesome. And Aaron, where did the name Astro Kiki come from? Oh, uh, so my boyfriend and I, we used to hang out with um, all of our friends for what we called Kiki, um, and it slowly evolved into me teaching them all astrology, and so now I, I basically, all my friends are now astrologers, <laughs> um, but we used to, we started to refer to it as an Astro Kiki, because um, we would we'd hang out, we'd have some wine, we'd have some weed, and we'd like, you know, just astro it up for a bit, and uh, uh, it was it was fun. It was a good time. And now they're all out there doing their thing with it. I love that. And uh, Samantha, what can we expect um, from different episodes of Ask Geeky? What, what's what's going to be the, sh- the show's going to be about? So it is so fun and exciting. And once we kind of put this all together and did our uh, test episode the other week, I think we all felt how special it's going to be. Um, Basically, what's going to happen is the boys will start us off talking about the astrological forecast for the week, and then I come in with the top, you know, three most buzzworthy stories that are going on in Hollywood. For instance, Wendy Williams is going through a really big, terrible thing right now in her life. She has her own talk show, but she keeps on kind of taking these hiatuses. She was in rehab in a sober house, and apparently while she was in that sober house, um, her husband's mistress had a baby. 
and that oh completely goodness. threw her whole life off. Yeah, so what we are going to do on the show is we're going to talk about stories like that and then look into the astrological signs of the people involved and the certain dates of what happened and when and kind of look to the stars to see, oh, well, this makes a lot of sense that this happened at this time. These people are compatible. These people are not compatible. And, yeah, and then we look in, you know, future engagements, for instance, J-Lo and A-Rod, is that going to work out? We look at their signs together. So it's just tying in celebrity culture with astrology, which I think people will be really interested in learning more about. I love that. I think the listeners are going to gobble that up. Let's get into a little astrology here. Talk about this whole retrograde thing we've been going through. Is that a thing? What does that thing mean? And how the hell do we move on from here, guys? Help me, <laughs> Well, we still have about, what, a week and a half mm-hmm. of, of feeling it. Uh, Mercury's almost called it shadow period. So yeah. it uh, a shadow period is when the, the planet, it, it's the area in the sky that it retrograded. So basically from our vantage point on, our, on planet Earth, we saw Mercury go backwards in the sky, but obviously no planets went backwards, but because of that, that correlation, we feel things a little more differently, and the, the energy kind of comes a little closer, and actually in our orbit, Mercury comes closest to our planet at that time. Um, so with the Mercury retrograde, this one in particular was extremely karmic and spiritual and, and emotionally cleansing in that it happened at the very final degree of the zodiac. So kind of threw everyone for a loop, and, and it went direct with um, with the planet Neptune, which is illusion and confusion and fantasy and um, compassion as well. But that's why a lot of people, if you don't know, sir, have been in sort of like a fog or it's almost like they're asleep, um, you know, kind of dealing with a lot. We have a lot, we have a lot of energy happening right now that hasn't happened in anyone's lifetime. Um, just on Monday, something happened that hasn't happened since I think like the 1500s. So, you know, we're, we're, we're entering new new ground as as a collective, and and uh, this retrograde is sort of like a trigger of releasing the last several years of all of our lives. And um, I don't know, moving on from there, what do you say? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I definitely feel like you know everything with that. It, it was very interesting to go to go through collectively. I mean, Mercury rules communication and the mind, and you know, with it being in watery Pisces, Pisces is very it is hyper emotional. It is very intuitive and you know, it, it was very interesting to kind of have a lot of us going through, you know, balancing the, the disconnect between our mind and our hearts and our emotions or going to extremes just because we didn't have a clear vision of what was actually going on around us. And we still do have, you know, some of this starting out to go through. And it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, um, literally on the exact date, that Mercury went direct, which was the 28th of March. Um, every, a lot of people during that time had an immense kind of like explosion of illusion or uncertainty or pain in, in their relationships. And I definitely did go through that as well. And it was interesting to see that we can, you know, we have to, in order to grow, we have to release. Um, but I do think that, you know, we throughout this entire year we have most of our mercury retrogrades are going to be in water signs so we are going to have to really be doing a lot of internal growth within our emotions and and really you know facing those demons 
and our own negative cycles in order to release them to, to, to rise to a new level. I mean, do you feel that? Too? Oh, oh, yeah. So, when, so a lot of people don't know, depending on the, the sign that Mercury retrograde is in, it adds to it. Um, so in water energy, which would be Pisces, Scorpio, or Cancer, we're all kind of forced in this period of about two years when Mercury will retrograde in just that element um, to find, specifically with the water, to find more emotional and mental balance in our lives. Um, the good news is that in the water element, um, our external manifestations are actually far more in alignment with our internal needs. Um, so it's good news for everyone who like, wants to create great stuff this year um, for themselves or they, or they want to change their life tangibly. Um, but it does start inward with that, that emotional, mental check-in. Um, and then anything you try to push off will only um, come up more and more as the cycle goes on, especially before following the water cycle Mercury will then start retrograde in the air element, um, which we'll start to feel next year. But um, that's when we talk about more of the, the stereotypical Mercury retrograde things, um, like technology going really ha uh, haywire and stuff. But, yeah, this one's definitely more internal and um, having, especially having to find internal healing and, and, and allowing the past to go and be the past and then for us to live in the present um, where our power is at. Well, and one of the things that I think is really great about 2019 is that we don't have to deal with, Venus or Mars going retrograde, yeah. and those create different sorts of cycles of revision and rewriting the story in our lives. The one thing about retrogrades that is actually, because it does return us to the past, it does allow you to actually open the past up again. And so, like, you know, if there is something that does need to, to begin again, you can do that during that time because it's a, it's a very short window in time where you have access those tools and those those relationships and that that energy field and so you know obviously when venus goes retrograde like it will it, it went retrograde in scorpio in 2018 and it will go retrograde in gemini gemini that's what i thought yeah next, next year. year in 2020 and so we're going to be doing a lot of uh reassessment with our relationships and the way that we give and receive <laughs> love and you know, especially, I think that's interesting because I haven't even really thought too much ahead of that, but like with it going retrograde in Gemini, that's going to be really significant, particularly the way that we are communicating. Yeah. So it's actually going to blend kind of like a Mercury retrograde. It's going to feel like that for that's sure. That's so weird. I didn't even think about that until uh, now. Well, and, and next year, Mars goes retrograde in Aries, its ruling sign. So oh, God. During, during the 2020 election, by the way, like it goes direct a week after the, the election. So it's going to be oh, a man. fun ride next year, but it's all, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, and depending on everyone's unique individual energetic spread of their chart, mm -hmm. like that, that will also add layers, you know, of, of what that individual will be experiencing that someone else may not be experiencing, though everyone's experiencing a retrograde. So depending yeah. on where it falls in your own personal chart will dictate um, where uh, any extra things that you might be mm -hmm. confronting. And I'm just very grateful to have these two boys on my side because sometimes in our group text, I'm like, what the F is going on here? Can someone please explain? Someone pull out my birth chart. I, I, I need some help. This Mercury retrograde for me has been actual hell. And so um, I'm so happy that I have these two guys on my side to tell me what's going on. And today I think I just kind of yelled at Kyle. He, he, what did you say? We're going to be in the shadow of Mercury retrograde yeah. for it's another couple of weeks? 16. Yeah, and I was like, no. No more. So, I refuse. Yeah. I need right. some sunshine. No more shadows. No more shadows. Exactly. I want sunshine. Right? There you go. I love it. 
And this, the astrological, uh, astrological world really does play into a lot of pop culture, doesn't it? Because and uh, celebrity, because uh, celebrities have a lot of that superstitious nature, and they need that positive energy to keep them going, right? It's a really good combining of the worlds, I think. I would think. Yeah, I totally think so, and I know that so many celebrities are into astrology and the metaphysical and. Let's be real. Everybody loves knowing more about themselves and talking about themselves, but who better than a celebrity who it's kind of their job to love themselves and know what's going on with them. And I always have the opinion that, you know, there's destiny and there's fate, but there's also free will. And it's really fascinating to kind of see sometimes how certain celebrities get so influenced by the world of Hollywood and just really taken by it that they perhaps make the wrong choice and go off of their path. And I think that's sometimes why you see so many big (laughs) celebrity blowups and things, you know, if that person just would have stayed married to their husband, but no, they needed more, they needed better. So yeah, I think it's definitely a really fun way to, to look at celebrity culture. And I don't think anyone's doing it yet. I, I don't think so either. I think not in this type of way. And I think you guys are really on to something big. Um, we got to wrap up here in a little bit, but I can't let you guys go without uh, doing a little self-care for myself here. What does a, a Capricorn have to look forward to in the next couple of weeks? Well, uh, the thing that's really exciting for Capricorn is that uh, there's been a, with, with Aries energy happening currently right now, we are focusing, uh, well, you are focusing on the foundation of your life and how you build, you know, these, these sturdy structures in your life, whether that be, you know, emotionally or in your home or with your family or any of those kinds of things. Um, however, the good news is that Capricorn will be very, very creative and passionate and filled with romantic energy and fertility moving forward Woo-hoo. for the next, I mean, certainly, yeah, I mean, starting on the 20th, when the sun moves into to Taurus, um, Capricorn and Taurus, they, they work very well together because they're earth signs. And there's a new moon on the 4th of May, which will open this, a doorway for all Capricorns. So if you are in love with someone, you can fall more deeply in love with someone. If you are single, you can find someone. Um, and you just have to take action and, and really manifest that. And then we also, we're going to have, like, the planets moving into Taurus. So, I mean, Capricorns, you have some really, really great stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Taurus seasons will be especially good, specifically, like Kyle said, romance, creative projects. Children, I think Capricorns are looking to have children. Um, anything that, you know, you would love unconditionally um, would be in that Taurus energy for Capricorn. Um, I think where else things have been going on for them, but well, because Venus goes into Taurus on the 15th of May, and then um, I believe all of the energy leaves Taurus on the the 7th of June. So basically, until the 7th of June, all all Capricorn are going to either have their mind, their relationship energy, or you know their focus on these romantic endeavors. Um, however, also starting on May 15th. Um, Mars is the, is the planet of passion and drive. It's going to be pushing all of your attention onto important partnerships in your life because it enters that sphere for you. So uh, with it being exactly 180 degrees across from you in the sky, you're going to be really focusing on how you relate 
to the most important people, you know, in some sort of commitment. So that would be business partner, be, you know, any contractual negotiation, but it also could be marriage. So like if you are having imbalances in this area, you may actually have some sort of like breakup or, or dif difficulty, especially because the eclipses will be hitting this, this sector too. Um, but yeah, so I mean, relationship energy is going to be really, really big for Capricorn, not only, you know, the next couple weeks and months, but like literally for like the next like year and a half. Yeah. So you guys, you know, people are going to be getting engaged. People are getting break, breaking up. People are going to be, you know, redirecting their destiny and their lives, but also seeing how important it is, it is for them to stand their ground in a partnership with other people. Fantastic. Thank you for the insight, guys. Let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. I want everyone to know where they can follow you, um, where they can follow you as a radio show on social media and where they can follow each of you personally. Um, Samantha? Uh, yes. You can find us at Astro Peaky Radio on Instagram at Astro Peaky Radio. And for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at SamD43. Great. Aaron? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you can find me my personal uh, Instagram is at Ronloff, um, and my uh, my business Instagram is astrology underscore coach. Um, so you can follow me there um, or, or the other, depending on what, which, what you're interested in, or both. There you go. And Mr. Kyle Thomas. Yeah, so I've been using Instagram probably the most currently. Uh, I am at M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. I also have been posting a lot on Facebook as well. Uh, I see I am Kyle Thomas on there. Uh, I do have two accounts, one specifically for professionally, which would be my filmmaker account, and then also one that's personally. But I do post all of the fun articles on everything there, and we will be releasing uh, links to all of our shows as well. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find us. And I also just want to, on behalf of all of us, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show, to have a show on your network, and to really be sharing this, this growth and opportunity because it means the world. Yes, we are so excited. Well, I appreciate having you guys on. I've been talking to a lot of my listeners and a lot of the people involved with Leftist Right Radio Network, and they're excited to have you guys on. We're going to be premiering tomorrow night, guys, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, then every Wednesday after that. You're going to want to listen in. You're going to want to follow on social media. And then you'll be able to see the podcast afterwards at all your favorite podcast distribution sites. So big thank you very much to Kyle Thomas, Eris LaFasso, and Samantha Davidson. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, great luck and a fantastic first show tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to play out with a little bit of Steve Grand. I'll be back to wrap things up in just a little bit, guys. Have a great Come over, you can sit on my back porch, we can go for a walk. When it gets colder, you can climb in my car, yeah, we can talk. 
sit up all night if you like I just can't let your restless feet Find my front steps Cause it'd be too easy To throw open that door And go where we've gone Too many times before